goals and what you envision for your life. How are they related? And why are they not the same thing? And if you're a mom, you're in that desperate, drained place because motherhood just feels nonstop and like you're going from task to task to task. How do you even begin to think about either? Like, where do you find the mental capacity or the time or the energy to think about goals that you should set or a vision for your life? Where do we find that? Well, today, the guest you get to hear from, Cherie Kane Jones, is going to talk about all of that, especially from her own experience. Cherie, uh, she grew up in poverty. She was a teen mom and came out of abuse of every kind. So she knows what it takes to just, you know, grab your bootstraps and get back up and find purpose, find why you're doing what you're doing, how to get healthy. She went through all of that. She now is a speaker and a coach. She's a mom to four boys, and she's an encourager to those who have lost hope. So again, if you're in that place today where you're just exhausted and drained and desperate, and you're going, why am I doing this? Why am I so exhausted? Where am I going? Like, What's the purpose of all of this? Today's episode is going to encourage you so much, and you're going to get to walk away with tangible steps that you can take to get going on the right path, whether it's creating vision for your life or setting some goals. Cherie's talking about all of that today. What she does day to day now is cheers and champions and challenges those who have lost hope to rewrite their scripts so that they can create purpose in their life. And she dedicates her time to helping people identify things inside that are holding them back, come up with a plan and achieve their goals. So let's get into this awesome, awesome episode. Hey mama, welcome to the Tough Love Mom Podcast. I know you're here because you're ready to get consistent and finally lose that weight and you're not afraid of a little tough love. You know what to do to lose weight, but following through on those things feels impossible. You wish you could just feel like your strong, confident self again and want to be a good example for your little ones, but you get thrown off by mom guilt and the unpredictability of motherhood. It's frustrating. Taking on your journey postpartum is hard, but it's not impossible. Hey, I'm Liz and I've been where you are. I gained a lot of weight in my pregnancies. 90 pounds and then 60 pounds. I needed to lose that weight to take control of my health and honestly just wanted to feel like myself again. With a sustainable approach to weight loss, simple consistency, and working on my mindset, I lost it all in just over a year both times, and I'm here to help you do the same. I believe that we have an ingrained ability to figure out what we need to do, make it happen, and do it in a way that awes the world. If you're ready to stop falling off the wagon, create solid routine and healthy habits, and finally feel your best inside and out, all while enjoying dino nuggets on your salad, you are in the right place. We're about to transform your journey, my friend. Get pumped up. It is tough love time. Hey, Cherie, so glad that you're here today. And I think this time of year is such a great time to really think about this topic and have moms hear about it. So I'm excited for what you have to share, what's on your heart, Um, you're just such a powerful speaker in general. And I know that comes from your background and your story and your experiences. So can you give the listeners, uh, specifically in the area of motherhood, kind of what your journeys looked like and, uh, background on that? Like, just let them get, let them get to know you a little bit and where you come from. Well, first of all, Liz, thank you so much for having me on your show and speaking to your tough moms who are out there. And I would be the first to say that 
I think that motherhood is an incredible journey. My journey has been a journey. I have four kids right now. My oldest is 25, going to be 26. I have a 19 year old and I have twin boys that are 11 and we call them the sons of thunder. I don't know. I just, I'm not sure if that's a good thing or like what, but they are like, they come in and it's like lightning and thunder. Like here they are, here are the twins. And my journey has been just that a journey. I, I feel like as a mom, even though my kids are older, I don't know everything. I feel like I'm still learning. I'm learning myself as a woman. My motherhood now looks different than it did when my kids were two and three. And to be honest, to every mom who's listening, all of your kids are different. So I feel like in my journey, I've had to adjust and respond to each one of them in a different way. But overall, I feel like it's helped me grow more as a as a woman. It's helped me grow as a mother and it's definitely helped me grow as a communicator and really encouraging other women because you know what? Women are different. They're all different. They deserve to be spoken to differently. They just they deserve to be encouraged differently. So I think that motherhood is an incredible opportunity, not just to grow your own children, but to grow yourself and thereby you grow others. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's why sometimes you'll hear one thing from one person, something else from another, and it takes hearing a similar message from different people in different ways at different times to actually sink in and hit you. Cause we're all just so uniquely created and the journeys that we're walking, the kids that we're having, they're just all so different and unique that we have to, I, I mean, I don't, we didn't even plan to talk about this, but you have to take everything through your own lens, your own perspective and apply it to your life in the way that is unique to you because we all are like, yes, what I've done and what's worked for me and what's worked for you and all of that has worked for one person, but that's one person. And so you have to take what will work for you. Um, such a good place to start. <laughs> this whole conversation actually, with. you know what it actually is because you can take that and apply it to life. Mm-hmm. So I had to be careful. I remember as a, as a younger mom, I would take women's advice. Like you have to homeschool your kids. You must homeschool your kids. If you don't homeschool your kids, you don't love them actually. So I homeschool my kids and I realized I actually do love them. So for me, like you gotta go. <laughs> Everybody else during COVID-19, they were like, we love it. I have my kids home. I'm homeschooling them. And I'm like, oh my gosh, teachers, we love you. (laughs) I had a new appreciation for teachers. I'm an individual. So you take what people say, but then Mm -hmm. you have to apply it to where you are. Yeah. So for a mom who (laughs) has three kids and they're all under five, are you really going to get up at 430 and start your day? Right. Some can, but not everyone, (laughs) but not, I mean, if you're breastfeeding, you're up in the middle of the night, you have to be realistic. Sometimes when people get advice from some people that I really respect, they, they may be men who can get up at four 30 in the morning and go for a a two hour swim and didn't read for, you know, 30 minutes. But then you like, really, like I just finished breastfeeding. I'm just happy to get five hours of sleep. So you have to apply what you can to where you are, but then, and don't judge yourself, just be okay. Like, Hey, this is where I am. It won't always be this way. And eventually maybe I will get up at, you know, five o'clock or four 30 or whatever it is. But for right now, just be okay. If you get up at six 30 or if you get up at seven, whatever that is, does that make sense? What I'm saying? 
Totally does. It totally does. So with that in mind, I think we're, we're designed, we're, we're created to want more, to envision for ourselves, like what we want down the road. We want the future to look like a lot of the times our brains can go down there, especially if we're in the midst of something difficult or challenging, like motherhood, like the stage of motherhood we're in, whatever I'm in, I'm in like the thick of toddlerhood right now. And that in itself has these challenges that I'm like, well, we can't wait till they're a little older, but so I feel like our brains can be constantly forward thinking, which is good and important to have vision for what we want down the road. But we also have to stay grounded in where we're at present in the moment with our kids, but give a great message around vision and the difference between that and goals. And as a mom in the thick of a challenging season, I think vision can be really hard to come by. It can be really hard to even, you know, when you're sitting there going, I forgot to eat lunch. How am I even supposed to have the mental capacity right now to think about what I want down the road when really, like you said, in those moments when you're going, I'm not sleeping through the night and I would love to just be able to get up at five o'clock in the morning and start my day and get a workout in and eat healthier. Like that's in a sense, you're having a vision for what you want your journey to look like, how you want to be showing up for yourself in the future down the road. Ideally you want to be doing that now, right? Cause that's like what you're yearning for, but in a sense that is a vision, but I want you to kind of talk about what what is having vision? Why is it important for us as moms, even in the thick of maybe having a newborn and a toddler or having toddlers or having four-year-olds or whatever it is? Um, cause you've had kids at various different ages and stages, like ha- having four kids total, you know, having, having some age gaps, having twins you've been through, I feel like very different seasons and stages. And now that they're older, you've walked a lot of it. So what's your experience with having vision as a mom? Why is it important? Even at these stages when you're like, I don't even have time to think about that. Why is it so important? And what can moms do about it to kind of create that? That's really a good question, Liz. If I was to be talking to my younger self, I would say, girl, you better have a vision. Because if you don't, here's what happens. Your life becomes a series of events don't lead anywhere. And what happens is, is that women can get lost behind being a, a mother, being a partner, being a friend, but you never take care of the woman. And so you want to show up as a mom. You want to be the best mom, the best and highest expression of yourself that you can be. But that really starts with having a vision. Because if you don't, then your life is just a series of events and tasks. It's a diaper change. It's grabbing a coffee. It's getting lunch. It's making a bed. But where are all these things leading? You want every single thing that you do to have purpose. But that purpose has to be connected to an end point. It has to be connected to a picture about the kind of woman that you want to be. And as a, as a younger mom, I didn't quite understand that because I was in the thick of it. Like I, like I had twins and like I said, like, I couldn't even figure out like why I was wearing a shirt because I was breastfeeding them all the time. I'm like, okay, either I was breastfeeding or I was pumping. <laughs> like they were just there. The, the boobs were always there. They were always like America's most wanted woman. Like here I am. <laughs> so but, <really> <laughs> breastfeeding only lasted for a season, Mm -hmm. but me as a woman, I'm here for a lifetime. 
And so what happens is, is that when you don't have a vision as a woman, you cast off restraint. You don't end up achieving any goals. Your life becomes directionless. It becomes purposeless. And it can actually lead to hopelessness. And what that vision does is it ties, it, it, it's like an anchor for your soul. And it helps you to actually achieve the goal. Because you now you can answer why you're getting up. Okay, you know what? I'm tired. I know I didn't get five hours. I, I just got five hours of sleep last night, but I'm going to get up and I'm going to do this 20 minute workout. I'm just going to show up. You know why? Because I want to be healthy because I want to be the best and highest expression of myself when I show up with my kids. That's why my vision is important because I know that I am a mother, but I'm also a woman and I'm important. And you, and it's so easy to get lost under your kids. It just is. But a vision helps you so that you don't get lost up under them. And a lot of women, they can deal with depression. They're like, I don't, I don't even know why I feel the way I do. Like I have these kids, I have a beautiful family, I have a wonderful partner. And honestly, I think a lot of times there, it can be chemicals. So I don't want to say it's, I don't want to say, Hey, like there's not something chemically going on, especially once you've had a baby, but sometimes it's because you've lost your vision and you've lost your sight. What would be the difference then between vision and setting a goal. Cause I think those can get, there's like a blurry line between the two. If you don't mm -hmm. fully understand that and a mom going like, let's use the example of getting up early in the morning. If your alarm goes off at five 30, you're getting up out of bed, you're doing it day after day, but you don't really know why you're doing it. You're just doing it to do it. Right. That motivation wanes eventually that it kind of becomes empty. It becomes this routine thing. You're just kind of doing without a purpose. You're just kind of doing it to do it because you feel like you're supposed to do it. Um, versus like that could be a goal, right? But it could also be a vision. Cause you picture yourself as this morning person who mm -hmm. gets up early. So, you know, you've got vision and you've got a goal that you're doing versus getting up at five 30 and knowing why you're doing it. So how do these two like intertwine vision and actual goals and what's the difference between the two? Because I think it can get kind of blurry between the two and moms can go, okay, well, I'm going to set these goals for myself. Maybe I want to lose some weight so I can be healthier. I want to be getting up earlier. So I feel like I have my day together. I don't feel like I'm, you know, just constantly responding to other people's needs before my own, you know, it, how do we get the difference between the two figured out? So you do feel like you have purpose, you have hope, you have excitement about what you're doing most, most of the time, right? We can't be perfect all the time, but how do you distinguish between the two? Yeah, that's a really good question. So there's vision, there's purpose, and there's goals. A vision is simply this. It's what do you see? But for the mom who doesn't even have the energy, my first question is, what do you want? Like when it comes to your life and who you are as a woman, what do you want? And what do you want should go, should lead you to what do you see? Do you see yourself eventually as a, a podcaster like yourself? Do you see yourself owning a business? Do you see yourself doing some kind of business on your own? What do you want? You need to create a picture and that's what your vision is. 
could be a healthy lifestyle. It could be all of the above. It could be a family that's flourishing. It could be a family that spends time together. Your vision doesn't just have to be singularly focused as far as just one area. You can have a vision for different areas of your life. I have a vision for my health. This is what I want. This is what I see. I see myself as healthy. I see myself as, as lean. I see myself as feeling good in my own body. This is what I want for my finances. I want cash in the bank. <laughs> Those are all, that's like, the, I, I want wealth. I do like the, these are my visions, but my goal is it's, it's defined as this, a point or a target or a marker. Goals are specific. So for example, we're using the example of a healthy lifestyle. So my vision is I see myself healthy, pain-free, able to run. I see myself in, in this particular size. Let, let's say someone wants to be a size four or five, whatever it is. It's like, that's my vision. So what's my goal? My goal is the steps that are going to take me to that vision. So you said small goals. Okay. My first goal is I'm going to get up at six o'clock in the morning Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Friday, and I'm going to work out for 30 minutes. And when we make goals, we have to make sure that they're specific. Your goal, so that we use smart, the smart, I use smarter goals. So number one, your goal needs to be specific. The second thing is it needs to be measurable. So I said, I'm going to get up Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, you can measure if I actually did it for 30 minutes, 30 minutes. It needs to be timed. So I need to know, Hey, I'm I said I was going to do it four days a week or three days a week. So it needs to be specific, measurable. Um, it needs to be attainable. It needs to be something you can actually do. And I'm going to tell you something, girls, it needs to be something that you will do. There is no point in setting a goal to get up at 4.30 in the morning if you're not going to do it. So it needs to be attainable. And you know what else? It needs to be relevant to your vision. So if you want to live a healthy lifestyle, then if you're getting up and you're spending 30 minutes in the morning, I don't know, baking cookies, like that's not relevant to your goal <laughs> unless you want to be a baker. And then I talked about it before it needs to be timed. How long are you going to do this? 30 days, 60 days, 90 days. And here's the other two that people really miss. E stands for emotion. How are you going to feel when you achieve this goal? Are you going to feel happy? Or are you going to feel proud? Are you going to feel excited? Are you going to feel accomplished? And then R is what's the reward? The reward could be something as simple as, you know what? I feel good. I feel good about myself. For me, my, one of my personal rewards in getting up and doing the workout in the morning now is I have credibility with myself. I trust myself. And what that does for me personally is even when other people don't believe in me, I believe in me. You know why? Because I said I was going to get up in the morning and I showed up and I did it. I said I was going to get up. I didn't feel like doing it. And you know what? I showed up and I did it. And then Liz, there are those mornings, like yesterday was one of them. I got up in the morning and I 
girl, I just showed up. Like it's not the best workout in the world, but you know what I'm doing? I'm training my brain to win. Vince Lombardi says this. He says, winning is a habit and so is losing. And what happens is when we don't keep our commitments to ourselves, we're actually training ourselves to lose. You're training yourself to lose. So, so what do we do? We need to train ourselves to win. And how do you train yourself to win? By setting the goals and then by actually doing the goals. And then it, it, it creates this belief within yourself and it propels you closer and closer to your vision. Yeah. So can you talk, you said vision and goals, and I love the specificness of how different they are. The vision being just that picture, like, what are you seeing? What do you want? And it's okay. And I hope moms didn't miss this listening. You can have a vision and be a mom. Like you can have a vision for motherhood and nothing else. I mean, and who you are as a wife and your finances for your family and forever. What? But you don't have to have a business. Like I think moms these days can very much so feel like obligated to be a photographer or do something with a business of sorts when you're staying at home, but you can also have a vision for being a stay at home mom. And that's okay too. You can have a vision for what, and I, you made it that point. And I think it's important moms hear that. Cause I think there can be a pressure sometimes to, if you're having a vision for something, if you are, you know, picturing something for your life that it has to be around making money. When, if you just want to be home with your kids and have a vision for what that looks like and how you're serving your family, that's okay too. Like there are so many routes for this, but you have to have one. You have to have vision for your life, for your motherhood, for your family starts there and how specific you can be. And you should be with your goals. They're actual targets. And I like that you use that word. They're a target that you're aiming towards. So what's that connection point of purpose between vision and goals? What is purpose? Why does that matter? How does it play into this? Yeah. That, thank you. That's such a good question. I'll just piggyback to on what you were saying. Every woman, no matter who she is, should only be pressured to be who she's called to be. Amen. Yep. I mean, you should never feel, I mean, I felt that pressure too, but our society puts this pressure that women have to do all be all and have it all, but that's not really realistic. And women who stay home, I've been a stay at home mom for years and now I'm doing my small business. It's so honorable. It's as if like, look, saying it, look, these old the older ladies that come up to you and be like, you know, cherish the time because it goes by fast. And I'm like, man, these days are long. <laughs> these yeah. days are long. That's exactly why you need to have a vision when you have your kids. With you. <laughs> because the days are long and that vision, it will actually help you continue to move forward. And as far as purpose is, I love purpose because purpose is simply this. Why are you here? Mm-hmm. Why are you here? And it's interesting. We're talking about being um, a mom who stays home or maybe a mom who works or maybe a mom who does hybrid. She does, she does yeah. a bit of both. When we're talking about purpose, when you think about a hammer, we all know what a hammer is for. I never pick up a tool. Well, I don't ever fix anything. <laughs> I don't pick up tools anyway. What am I talking about? You go, period. I'm going to end that sentence there. I don't ever pick up a tool. <laughs> I like know what a hammer's for. I know what a screwdriver's for, a flathead, like nails. But it's, it's interesting. When I pick up a tool, I have to know what it's for in order for me to use it. But how often do we 
pick up our life and we don't know what the intention is and purpose is that it's like, what are you here for? Why are you here? And being a, a, a mom, if you're married or if you have a partner, your purpose takes form in different ways in different times in your life. So just think about it. Like when you were a baby, your purpose was like, it was just to be a baby. And when you were in school, your purpose was to go to school and learn. Now, as you had kids, your purpose, it, it takes a different form. So you're taking the learning that you acquired from when you were in middle school, elementary and high school, all of the math, you're using all of that. You wouldn't say you're using it, but you're actually using it now to teach your own children or to help your own children. So all your purpose is, is why are you here? So my purpose is to encourage and empower other people in life with my energy and enthusiasm to accomplish their dreams. But at different points of my life, it looked different. When my kids were younger, you know who my people were? It was my kids. That's who I was empowering. That's who I was encouraging. And as I'm, am I an older woman? I just always think like, am I older? I don't know, but I'm 43. So I'm not sure if that's older woman or not. Don't, ah. don't tell. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I was like, don't tell me, but, <laughs> but, but as an older woman, I'm encouraging and empowering other women. Yeah. It's the same purpose. I use an example. It's a biblical example. There was a guy in the Bible. His name is David. And he was actually born to be a king. But it's interesting. God said this about him. He was a man after God's own heart. And so David, when he was a young shepherd boy, he was a boy after God's own heart. And then he served the king and he was a man as after God's own heart. And when he became king, he was a man after God's own heart, but his, the form of his purpose looked different in each stage of his life. And that's how we are. We, you might have a purpose. Your purpose may be to use your voice to sing. Right now, you might be singing to your children. In two years, you might be singing on a stage. And in 15 years, I don't know, you might have a hit record. Like Liz, how about you? Like, How has your purpose changed its form over the years? That's a great question. <laughs> and as you're saying this, I was kind of in my head going, Oh, I can kind of see what that looks like. But, um, to put it simply, I think <laughs> it's going to sound, I feel like it sounds silly, but that's also some insecurity speaking, right. Which I definitely want to mm-hmm. talk about <laughs> here. I am being vulnerable as usual, but I think something I see as a pattern, and maybe that's kind of how you can mm-hmm. point it out is okay. What's been some patterns in my life is me seeing something that I want to do or that seems difficult, but that I think I'm capable of in doing it, like just in simple terms, doing something hard, doing hard things in the effort to encourage other people that they're capable of that too. And in this most recent season, when I launched the podcast almost a year ago, when I've grown my business in the direction it's going, that hard thing was centered around weight loss. And well, yes, that's very foundational and having a very healthy body. So you can have longevity and be around long for your kids. I had seasons when I was in high school and middle school, when volleyball was that hard thing for me. I'm, you know, I'm not six feet plus tall. I'm not short and super dynamic as a back back row player, but I wanted to play in college in division one. And so I said, you know what, I'm just like, middle of the road, five, eight person. And 
I'm not like insanely good at volleyball, but I want to play division one. So that was a hard thing. I had people, I had some people in my life that were like, you're, you're not, you're never going to play division one. And I was like, well, I'm going to make it, I'm going to make it happen. Long behold, made it happen. Uh, saying for years that I wasn't a runner, <laughs> I've gone and ran marathons and an Ironman. I've done a 48 miles in 48 hours, handful of half marathons. Like I became a runner in a sense. That was something that for me was hard. And I, in, in the, I guess on the, on the road to doing those things, I encouraged other people and inspired them to go take action in that sense too. So I think that's kind of my purpose is, is that sense, but some insecurity came up. So can you talk a little bit about that and some encouragement and some just real talk about how insecurity can play into, okay, you know, what is my purpose? What patterns do you see? How do you recognize that? Okay. I just kind of gave that example. Right. And I do think that's my purpose is, Hey, go do hard things. You know, I had my husband deployed for two years in a row, about half the year. Uh, when my kids were little (laughs) solo parenting halfway across the country from that's a hard thing. And I just kind of shared and was like real and still super consistent, lost a lot of weight during those times, postpartum. Mm -hmm. Like it's hard, but it's doable. You can do it too. I think that's my purpose. So, you know, recognizing those patterns, but, uh, when insecurity <laughs> comes up and rears its ugly head, how do you recognize that and fight back? Because like you just heard me say that came up for me a little bit. I think it kind of is this little thing and, and you know, those, that verbiage came out, which I'm embarrassed to say, I still deal with that insecurity too. So how do you handle that? That's such a good question. And I'm really glad that it's like, kind of, as we're talking here, <laughs> but you kind of see like you're tough. Mm-hmm. It's hard thing. Right? Tough love mom podcast. Like tough, I love, tough love mom. I and it's it. just, I was like, that, that's me. That's the thing. But I, I like still on a daily basis have to live into that in confidence. Right. I have to, I have to believe that daily <laughs> and fight back on that insecurity every day. Oh my gosh, girl, you are so right. But it's interesting <laughs> if we, if you actually look at your life or, or if any of you listeners out there, if you actually look at your life and you look at a timeline, you can actually create a thread around the things that you actually just do. So for example, I plan, like I can plan something. I just do it. Yeah. you. I just do that. it. <laughs> You're good at that. I just like, it's just, it's just kind of natural. And I've always just kind of encouraged people. I love it. Like I would have to try not to encourage people. Like if you want to do something, I'm like, girl, you go girl, you can do it. Like I have to try to not do that. And so then there's an exercise where you can just Jack Canfield has it in his book where you can discover what your purpose is. And it's just by looking, you circle verbs, but, and, and so I've discovered that mine was to encourage and empower other people to live their goals and dreams. It's something that I actually do. And I've been doing it since I was younger. But I just discovered now, I mean, within the last couple of years, that this is my purpose, it just flows out of me, and it takes different form. And I'm, I'm okay with that. And so insecurity comes when you're looking at lack. Because that's what insecure is like food insecurity. It's people who have a lack of food. Insecurity, it does this. I hate insecurity because it always gets you to look at what you don't have. It is so inward focused. And I hate insecurity also because it impedes you from serving others. 
And so when I, when you look at your life and you think about the things that make you upset, maybe it's seeing women who can't achieve, who can't, who, who are having a hard time overcome hard things. And you look at that and you're like, oh, that makes me angry. I just want to help them with overcoming hard things. You know what that is? That feeling that you have when you're just like, oh, I, I, I don't like that. That is a prayer from somebody else for you to stand up. That means that your creator, whatever you believe in, I believe in God, but I believe that that is a call from God on your life for you to stand up and be a solution to someone else's problem. Because that's what I'm not saying that we're tools, but when I I gave the analogy of tools, what does a tool do? It solves a problem. It helps you fix something. And each person that you come into contact with, no matter how much money they have, no matter how beautiful they are, they all have problems that need to be fixed. But you know how they get their problems fixed? Through other people. If you have a problem with your body, you go to a doctor. If you have a problem with your fitness, you see a trainer. If you have a problem with your brain, you see a psychologist. Each person, I believe, has been uniquely designed to solve problems. You may not solve every problem, but you are here to solve a problem. And the reason why insecurity is so such a problem and we should actually wage war on it is because it stops you from being who you are destined to be. It only gets you to say, I don't have enough. I'm not enough. Nothing works out for me. Nobody likes me. No one will listen to me. I don't have a voice. But you know what confidence does? And this is how you change the internal narrative. You have to look, you have to stop looking at what you don't have. And you need to simply look at what you do have. And if you don't have it, then where can you get it? I was talking to a young woman who she wants to sing. And she has this dream of singing. But in our conversation, she just talked about everything she didn't have. She didn't have the connections. She didn't know the people. And I was like, okay, I don't want to play pretend. You know, I don't want to be like, girl, you're enough. Like, you just get up there and sing. Okay. I don't want to do that. But I said, okay, well, what kind of resources do you have? What do you need? Because that all, I believe in confessions, I believe in affirmations, but sometimes you actually have to get information, you have to get resources, you have to get people on your side to help you to get the confidence that you need to step up and be the woman that you're called to be. So how do we fight insecurity? Number one, you have to develop your mindset. You have to make a decision. I like to say this, my mind, my responsibility. My parents are no longer responsible for my mind. From ages zero to 18, I'm going to give it to you. From zero to 18, growth is automatic. After 18, you have to work for growth. You have to pursue growth. Growth doesn't come automatically as a mother. It doesn't come automatically as a woman. It doesn't come automatically. Look, as a baker, you just go ahead and, and, and go at life with what you learned until you were 18 and your mindset will stay as an 18 year old. 
So your mindset, it matters. It matters what you put into your mind. And if you're feeling insecure, I can guarantee you, you're listening to the bad news of the day. And our mind, they say we think like 6,000 thoughts a day. And I just kind of think to myself, do you really want to be a product of Instagram and Facebook and the news? You got to look at the quality of the things that are going in your mind. And then number two is if you are insecure in your body, well, what do you need? Do you need to get a trainer? Do you need to coach with Liz? Do you need to get a life coach? Do you need to make better food choices? What do you need? And then the third one is, what action will you take? I didn't say what action do you need to take? Because simply admitting that you have a problem, that's not enough. So I'm not asking you what action do you need to take? I'm asking you what action will you take? Because it's important that you actually will follow through and keep that promise to yourself like you were talking about earlier and create that trust and confidence because I've talked about this before, as you continue to take action, be consistent, create and cultivate discipline in your life, your confidence grows along with that. You can't have one grow without the other, but if one's declining, the other will decline with it. They're like these connected things that go together all the time, up and down. You can't escape that. So I love that. Who's your tribe? Who's your tribe to who are your friends? Yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Who are you leaning on? Or do you have people to lean on? Because as moms, it's so hard to find them in this new season. How did you have like people to lean on as you were navigating these changes? And I know for you, especially after the twins coming up with a plan was vital, but how, who did you lean on in that season? Oh my goodness. Just having good friends with the twins. It was so I'm not going to lie during the first nine months. No. There was like some survival mode. Mm-hmm. That's normal. <laughs> that was survival. It was like, Especially hey, times li- <laughs> like making, and then my husband was deployed. Oh, but looking back at my younger self, I would have said, build yourself a community mm. because no bus is going to get to where it needs to go or your bus won't get to where it needs to go without good people on it. You have to have different relationships in your life. You need to have a mentor of some sort, somebody you can talk to. You may have associates. Associates are people that you have relationships with based on a common interest, like going to church or being in a a different group. And then you also have to have people that you're pouring into. And then you need to have just friends that you can just hang out with. But the quality of your relationships determines the quality of your life. So I'd rather be with nobody than the wrong somebody. So when you select your friends, you want to select friends that are going in the same direction that you are, not just people that are cool to hang out with. I call those quality people. You want to have quality people with you because you will default to the people in your group. That's remember high school where you had all the clicks, like all the BAM Mm -hmm. people (laughs) hung out together and then all of the drama people hung out together. It's no different than life. I say this, I don't know how else to say it, but you never see people who are strung out on drugs, hanging out with people who are super successful in life because there's a mindset difference. Yeah. So your relationships are 
they're critical to your survival. We don't thrive. We need, we're built for relationship, Mm -hmm. but just don't settle to have relationships. Yeah. Yeah. So important. And I even personally have learned over the years as I've changed and committed to different things and different seasons of life. And I'm talking about like middle school all the way through now as a 30 year old. So (laughs) over half my life, as you change and dedicate your life to different things and change your, I mean, in college, I committed my life to Christ. Like that was a huge shift where my relationships changed and who I hung out with and where I spent my time um, because priorities were different. So it's okay for that to shift and change too. And, you know, as you become a mom, those can change a lot because your priorities become keeping little humans alive and growing. So (laughs) huge changes. Um, when it comes to, so you've got vision, you know, you've started to connect the threads of like what your purpose might be and what you're here for, what you're called to how and picturing, okay, in this season, how can I apply that to my life? How can I still feel like I have purpose in alignment with what my vision is? What goals can I set? You've done that. How do you make a plan? How do you like follow through, make it sustainable as a mom, right? Like what did you, if you remember, what did your plan look like as a mom of twins? you know, was 11 years ago now, Mm -hmm. how did, how did that look? And how did you make a plan? Cause I know that helped you a lot and I'm sure what was the, one of the craziest seasons of your life. So give us that picture and what that looked like and how you did it. Yeah. Making a plan. You have to just take some time. I'm going to, that's the one thing that every mom feels like she doesn't have, and it doesn't have to be like four hours of time, but that's the way I survived with the twins. It was a plan and it was, it, and planning doesn't have to be anything that's super sexy. Sometimes we make it seem like you got to like, you better get your spreadsheet out. You better get, you got to get on the computer, get all your memo pads out. Color code it. I mean, that's how you and I function, but you don't have to do that. (laughs) You do not. Oh, your plan can be so simple. Mm -hmm. And when I tell you this, you're probably going to laugh. My twins, I put them on a plan and it was, this is how simple it was. They get up. I decided what time I wanted them to go to bed. So you begin with the end in mind. That's from Love Stephen it. Covey. Mm-hmm. Begin with the end in mind. Yeah. So I would think, how do I want to end my day with them asleep? <laughs> before, before I fall asleep. <laughs> before I fall asleep. I decided what time do I want them to go to bed? Seven o'clock. That's, it sounds crazy, but I'm like seven o'clock. That's what time I wanted to go to bed, them to go to bed. So my entire day was built to get them in the bed by seven o'clock. I started my, and then I said, okay, well, what time do I want them to get up? Seven o'clock. You got a 12 hours, kids. You got a full day, 12 hours. I wanted them to end at seven. I wanted them to begin at seven o'clock. What do I want them to do? Well, when they get up, I want them to play. So they had playtime. Then guess what? They ate. And then guess what they did? They played. And then they went to sleep. Now, that's when I had my twins. It was play, eat, play, sleep. That was the plan. Like, it was not sexy. Then it was during that nap time, which my God, that is holy time. Please do not knock on my door during nap time. 
You wake them, you take them. <laughs> That's when I got whatever I needed to do done. At that time in my life, when they were really tiny, I wasn't able to work out in the morning. So that's when I did my workout. That's when I cleaned. That's when I, whatever kind of housework I did. So it was really blocks of time. That's the way I did my planning. So if, so if I was to make it super simple, I would say, number one, keep it simple. Number two, you need to pick one way to plan. If you plan on your iPhone, you plan on your calendar, plan there. If you still write on paper and pen, do it there. If you plan on a spreadsheet, God bless you, girlfriend, do it there. But don't have a plan for your like planning on your computer. And now you're planning on your, your paper planner. And now you're planning on your iPhone. The, if you have one central place that helps your brain so it doesn't go all over the place. Because sometimes women feel like I'm all over the place. Well, your planning can't be all over the place. And as far as, so, so the first thing I said was begin with the end in mind. I think that's what I said. Begin with the end in mind. You want to keep it simple. You want to make sure that your planning is in one central location. And then you need to plan around, I would say, your natural rhythm. So when are you most productive during the day? For some people, it's very early in the morning, like girlfriend can get up and clean a house at six o'clock in the morning. Other people, it might be one o'clock in the afternoon. Does that make sense? So whatever your most productive time in the day is, the time when your energy, like they say, flow with your energy cycles, whatever your most, I would say, if, if you have small children, whatever your, your, um, your most difficult task is or something that needs your concentration, you want to have a block of time during your most energetic point of the day. And so that's what I would say as far as making a plan. It just, it really needs to be simple. And then you actually need to commit to it. And here's what else. One more thing, Liz, don't be married to it. And when I say don't be married to your plan, if your kid is sick, guess what? Your child's sick. You have to take care of your child, but just make the commitment to get back on the plan. If you're traveling, you may have to adjust your plans, but then get back on the plan because that becomes a problem. Sometimes people feel like they have to follow this particular plan forever and ever. Amen. And it sets you up for disappointment. It sets you up for feeling like a failure. But if you just know that you don't have to be married to the plan, you just need to be married to the goal. The plans can change, but the goal remains. Yes. My favorite, one of my favorite lines that I like to say is write your goal in pen, but write the journey in pencil because <laughs> you don't there know what it's going to come. You got to be flexible. You have to be flexible. You don't oh, know. Yeah. Well, I feel like we could talk on this forever because um, it's just so hard to figure out as moms and so nuanced person to person, but everything you shared today is very applicable. And I think every mom has something they can take away from this today that they can apply to their lives. So I will challenge the listener right now to pick one thing, whether it was figure out what your vision is, or maybe you kind of have that picture, but you want to, you want more fire under your butt for why. So kind of, you know, define that purpose in your life, figure out that thread that's a commonality throughout your life. Or maybe you need to set one tangible goal, a starting point, as I like to call it, 
that will help you just get going in that direction with purpose, right? And vision, it will help you get on track and get moving in that direction. Um, so whatever it is to the listener, I want you just to do that right now, figure out what that is and follow through, but I want them to go connect with you, find you, follow you. So where can everyone do that? Um, to continue to be encouraged and equipped in what you share, what your message is. Yes, absolutely. Thank you so much, Liz. And I would say people need to continue to listen to your podcast Thank you. and listening to just to you encouraging all of the, the listeners and all those moms that they can still be tough. Look at you. You got two kids. You're rocking it. You're doing the podcast, moving between states. You're doing the thing. And if you can do it, Hey, I'm encouraged. I'm like, man, what's my problem? I need to get it together. If Liz can do it, I can do it. And if people want to follow me, they can follow me at Sheree Kane Jones. I'm on Instagram and Kane is spelled C-A-I-N. Not sure what that was about, like Kane and Abel, but there it is. <laughs> Not sure. At Sheree Kane Jones. And then I have a website, which will be up by the time this podcast hits. And it's www.shereesh. E-R-E-E-K-A-I-N-Jones.com. Awesome. Thank you so much. I like to ask my guests one question to wrap things up. And it's simply what tough love do you want to leave the listeners with today? Tough love meaning, you know, the way I define it is it's love. Like you care about someone so much that it's love expressed in a straightforward manner because you care about their well-being right? You're not going to beat around the bush. You're just going to say, Hey, you need to hear this. So I'm going to say it the way I need to say it because I love you. And so what tough love do you have for the listeners today? I'm excited for this. (laughs) Oh, that's a great question. What tough love a few things. Number one, when looking at your life, don't compare yourself to other people. And just because somebody else has it easier, what difference does that make for you? Just because somebody else has it easier, what does that have to do with your personal goals? Don't let someone else's victory or whether or not they were born with a silver spoon in your mouth stop you from achieving your your goals and dreams. Number two, it's a quote from Jim Rohn. Don't wish it were easier. Wish you were better. And I say, girl, you have to work for it to get better. Is it easy? No. Is it worth it? Yes. And you your life, your family, your kids, you're worth the work. And then number three, your pain, it's your power. Don't let your pain stop you. Let it propel you. Your pain is your power. It's your super strength. Whether you come from an abused background, don't waste that pain. I say, if you're going to have a reason to cry, Don't let it be because of the trauma that you've endured. Let it be because of the joy that you have when you actually achieve that goal. If you're going to have a reason to cry, let it be tears of joy. And I just like to think, did you come this far only to come this far? I don't think so. You're worth it. Your kids are worth it. Your family's worth it. Your legacy is worth it. So I just say, hey, do the damn thing. Tough love, baby. I love it. I'm just going to end it right there. Thank you so much for coming on today. Before you go, thank you for spending this time with me on the Tough Love Mom podcast. 
If this episode encouraged you in any way, the number one way you can thank me is to leave a review letting me know how the show has impacted you. Then send this episode to another mom friend or take a screenshot, post it on social media and tag me so I can personally thank you for helping me on this journey to impact thousands of moms. I'm so grateful to be on this journey with you, sister. Until next time, get after it.